Hello, and welcome to the Abiding Together podcast in partnership with Ascension. Abiding Together is a place where you can find connection, rest, and encouragement on your journey with Jesus Christ. My name is Sister Miriam James, and every week I am joined by two of my dearest friends ever, Heather Kim and Michelle Benzinger. What you're going to find is we're three normal women who are on the journey, who laugh, we cry, we have all kinds of adventures, and our heart is to share our love of Christ with you, our friendship, and all the beautiful and broken places that we encounter. So you are most welcome to join us on this journey. Grab a cup of coffee, get settled in, and welcome home. Hello, and welcome to the Abiding Together podcast. We are delighted to join you this week, and we're going to talk about a topic that people in our Facebook uh, posts have been asking us to discuss. It's a topic that we often um, talk about ourselves, and we often talk about with other people that we speak at conferences at. So we think it's going to bless you, but I'm going to make you wait to hear what the topic is, because we're going <laughs> to talk to Michelle and Heather first. And I miss you guys. I'm looking at you. The last time we recorded, we were all together, and now Heather's wearing plaid, and I'm not there in the same room with her. Heather, what's up, girl? I know. I'm wearing a plaid shirt, Michelle. <laughs> got shorts and a tank top on. Oh gosh, you can just does. tell she's in full summer mode. She is. Because kids are out of school. And for us up in Canada, our kids are not out of school yet. Like we're just <laughs> almost there. We're hanging on for near life. So anyway, I'm doing good though. Yeah. It's so good to see you guys. I know sister, you were just traveling and mm. sending us all kinds of lovely pictures of your travels. Yeah. Yeah. It's nice to be back. You know, it's nice to go, but it's nice to come back too. So, but it's always great to see how the Lord blesses and just how he opens doors. So I'm glad to, mm-hmm. glad to be back home and, and recording with you guys. So Michelle, how you doing sweet girl? Um, I am good. I am in full summer mode. Uh, our kids got out of school on Friday and it is hot, like 96 <laughs> degrees hot. Like we're having like yeah. a huge heat wave here in Florida. Mm-hmm. So, but I'm loving it. I am loving the summer nights in the pool and the cookouts and conversations on the front porch. And our neighborhood is really fun with our neighbors are always outside. And like yesterday, one of our neighbors put huge blow ups in their front yard, like huge <laughs> ones. And our kids were like, this is awesome. So uh, yeah, I'm just excited to be in summer and to slow down. And I love that I do not have extracurricular activities in the afternoon. I know Amen. for those of you in college, like in young adults in your 20s, praise God that you don't have to do extracurricular activities in the afternoon. So, um, yeah, so I'm excited. So let the, um, you know, fun little snow cones and uh, hot dogs and all that kind of summer (laughs) stuff begin. I'm ready. Hot dogs, I love it. Now, do you all still do, um, what do you do, what do you call it, nightcaps and night prayer on the front porch at your house? I love that idea. We don't, uh, it actually is one of our young adults does it at her house, but we do do a lot of gatherings, stuff like that. It was funny, my husband was telling me, because he went to the party with um, inflatables yesterday, and it was him, Uh, and my kids. Was he jumping in the bouncy house? Yeah, and a bunch of young adults, and I was like, why is this our life? You know, like, uh, all these 20-something, but they are absolutely great, so, um, Mm -hmm. and we do have some friends our own age. Age. Not you know, but it is mm. yeah. It's fun. Yeah, you're talking to them right yeah. now. <laughs> this, is it. this is the summation of your friends your age. <laughs> yeah. So, but I love actually. I love we we have young adults in our life too. I know sister, you do as well, mm-hmm. and lots of children. And I think there's something so beautiful. It's my one of my favorite things when people of different generations are all together. Oh, absolutely. Because there's so much we can learn from one another. It's not like the young ones just learn like from the older ones. Like I learn and play differently, and you know just all those 
things when we're all together. So that's awesome. It is a lot of fun. Yeah, definitely. That's always a gift. Mm -hmm. It's always a gift. And speaking of gifts and people in our lives, and we talk about summer and many times summer, even though a lot of people work still full time and there's all kinds of things to be done under summer, there is something about summer that slows us down and we, you know, make a point to take our families on vacation. And many times we see, aside from say Christmas or Thanksgiving or Easter, we, we see our families some more. And so we thought maybe that just to kind of, you know, as an offering, as we kind of go into the summer months and as we see people, you know, with that we know, or maybe as we have deeper time to really ponder and reflect, we'd like to talk about the topic of forgiveness. <laughs> and that's something that we're... <laughs> you know, <and laughs> that we're For asking. some people just heard that, they're like, oh man. <laughs> they're like, is this it's the part okay, where I turn friends, the podcast off and pretend it's not functioning? <laughs> um, <laughs> Yeah, like I, I couldn't hear you guys for the rest of the 30 minutes. I don't know what happened. The line went dead. Um, so, no, I think, all, I mean, all of us know that's an important thing. It's at the very heart of our the Our Father when the disciples ask Jesus how to pray. And they say, you know, John the Baptist taught his disciples, teach us how to pray. And you think of Christ as a man who did not waste words. And at the very heart of the heart of the prayer that he teaches his disciples, he says, you know, forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And so this is such an important, it's not even a topic, it's a reality. It's such an important reality for us to be able to um, absorb and to be transformed by so that, you know, there's a very famous, um, psychologist who does a lot of work on forgiveness. It's his whole life is Dr. Robert Enright. And he talks about, we have to become people who don't just forgive. We have to have a forgiving life where our lives are so transformed that that is the nature of the language that we speak as a people is a forgiving life. And so we're going to, we're going to talk about this today. And I, can I just say on the outset, one of the things that kept me very sick for so long and kept me addicted and kept me so angry and broken for so long is that I had a very profound misunderstanding of what forgiveness was. So if you're listening right now and you're saying to yourself, oh, there's no way I could forgive so-and-so or anything like that. We just ask that you just give us a hearing here and just kind of maybe open your heart and see maybe, are there, maybe there's some areas like for me where you're having a misunderstanding of what forgiveness really is. And so just to kind of journey on this path together and let's just see what the Holy Spirit speaks uh, to us all as we, as we kind of go into this important reality. But um, yeah, Heather, what about you? Like, what are some of your initial thoughts about forgiveness and just kind of your own journey in that reality yourself? Mm -hmm. I think it's something we have to take time to think about, and I'm glad we're talking about it today because um, it's bigger than just saying, oh, I'm sorry, I, you know, whatever. It's it's bigger mm -hmm. than that. Sometimes forgiveness is easy when it comes to like somebody steps on your toe and they say, oh, I'm sorry. You're like, oh, it's okay. You know, um, it's bigger than that. It's a lot bigger than that. And these yeah. things actually can, can change how our heart functions. Functions, you know, when there's unforgiveness oh gosh, yeah. in there and just how it can breed resentment and, and in all honesty, it can turn into physical pain as well. Oh, yep. You know, That's like true. it can manifest itself in mm -hmm. different ways. It is a powerful force in our life. And at the same time, it's not easy. You know, nothing no. about this is easy. And so we thought today we would start to talk about the subject. One, how have each of us experienced this in our own life? And then what are some of the things that we do? And I think even in regards to children, this is an important thing for me. Like I try to teach my children about forgiveness just in their own interactions with each other. So when they hurt someone, a sibling, usually, um, <laughs> they they have to say like, I'm sorry for blah, 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 or mm -hmm. to be able to say to another person, um, when you did this, this is how it made me feel. And this hurt mm. me. And mm -hmm. the response isn't, it's okay. Yeah. The response needs to be, I forgive you. Because mm -hmm. a lot of times when someone hurts us, it's not okay. It's not it's okay not, what they yeah. did. <laughs> it's not okay mm -hmm. that they hurt us. So I'm trying to teach our children, as are many of our, our friends in our Catholic circles, the language of forgiveness at a very young age. 
because I think there's something in those words that is actually very powerful of being able to admit I was wrong and I'm truly sorry. And also Mm -hmm. I forgive you. I release you from this, you know, from, from the wrong Mm -hmm. that's happened and the hurt that's occurred. I release you from it. And those are essential parts. So anyway, those are a couple of my initial thoughts, which we will dive into later. How about you, Mm -hmm. Michelle? Yeah, I think it's interesting, like when we come to terms of forgiveness, I think it's a process like everything else, like when you are hurt, and it, it, it's varying degrees of hurt, you know, like there's like just little slight things that happen to you, or there's like huge trauma based things that happen to you, like those huge mm-hmm. events. And so like, so there's different situations. And for me, I, you know, it says be quick to forgive. I am, I am quick to forgive if it has to do with me. And it's just a surface thing. But if you hurt me heart level, uh-uh. Like I, I like I'm become like a wounded animal where I need to step back and lick my wounds for a little while, and then I'll come towards you. But I, I, I don't bounce back quick. And it's funny, even in marriage, we were laughing. Chris and I were talking about, you know, usually if he had hurt my feelings, it was a when we first married, it was a two to three rebound rate, two to three day rebound rate for me to get back in the game. And now it's like a 20 minute rebound rate for me to get back in the game. Just because I realizing that is not his intention. I can trust his intention is not to hurt me. I can trust who he is, but that's taken time for, you know, for me to learn that, but to realize like, okay, am I quick to forgive? And am I really looking at the other person's story to realize, okay, why are they doing what they did? Was it personal? Do they mean to, you know, just really just to stop. But I realize it's a process too. And, um, but when I hold on to that resentment or bitterness, it takes root. And I think one of the big things that unforgiveness becomes like bitter root in your heart oh, and it turns everything else to bitterness, like your speech, mm-hmm. your heart, I mean, mm-hmm. everything. So it's one of the most important things that we can learn how to do is to forgive and forgive well and then to let go. But I think one of the things for me is like forgiveness, but I want them to say that I'm right and they're wrong. (laughs) (laughs) Isn't that true? Yeah. You know, I want justice. Like I want it now. I'm a God of justice and they hurt Mm -hmm. like, and for me, I get that way when it's personally or it's my family, but like when I even see like the church and the abuse case, I'm like, I want justice. They need to say, I did this wrong and you, you know, yeah. I'm like, there's something in me that I mm-hmm. want the God of justice to come down, you know, mm-hmm. and um, I'm, a, I'm a very mercy person, but when something, especially when something innocent is hurt, there's something that rises in, up in me like no other, like the mama bear yeah. comes out. And so I was like, no, you will say that you were wrong and, you know, that you did these people wrong. So, yeah. Mm -hmm. What about you, sister? Mm -hmm. Well, let's, can we just talk about that, um, Michelle? Um, Because we're both of you are talking about, because this, that's a great place to start because actually, you know, to be uh, offended or to be hurt when we are wronged is a healthy thing. Yeah. You know, St. Thomas Aquinas talks about the passions and the emotions and anger is actually given to us as a, it's a virtuous thing to actually to right what is wrong. Mm -hmm. So that initial feeling of being offended and wanting to correct the injustice is actually a good and powerful thing. That's, you know, you see Christ going into the temple saying, you made my father's temple, you know, a den of thieves. And so he starts turning over the tables. He's justly angry. And I think we're afraid of anger because of how it's either been, um, it's been squelched or it's been uh, manifested in ways that are very broken and very disordered. But anger is uh, an emotion given to us to right what is wrong. Now, where we allow that to go <laughs> is mm-hmm. where it takes us down paths, whether we squelch and it becomes resentment. And we were just talking about before we started recording, uh, what, 
one of the things, one of my, one of the best things I think that you're going to hear in 12 step meetings or probably healing circles is that resentment is like drinking a little bit of poison every day and hoping the other person dies. Mm. And so we have that reality of the squelching of the anger that squelched. Oh, like, it's okay. It's not a big deal. I'm fine. Or we have the anger that turns into, um, gossip or it turns into passive aggressive behavior. It turns into all kinds of things that are sarcasm, criticism. I mean, all those are manifestations of anger, but at the heart of forgiveness is a wound, right? And a wound that needs to be tended to. And to the extent that we deny that wound, that's the extent that it festers in all kinds of ways. And I, I know for myself, one, like I said, one of the reasons why I stayed for sick for so long is because I thought that forgiveness, to forgive you, it was something that you just say, right? Oh, yeah, I forgive you. But the fact that it, it means that I'm going to let you off the hook. Exactly. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, there are some things that, like you said, Heather, like, oh, I stepped in your toe. Sorry about that. Not a big deal. If somebody cuts you off at the grocery store or whatever. They have like 7,000 coupons and they're, you're like about to lose your ever-loving mind over it. But like, that's not a big deal. <laughs> um, but with the deeper things um, that are very important and matter very much for me, those things were like, if I, f- I forgive that person, that means that I'm letting them off the hook and they'll never know how much it hurt me. And so from that misunderstanding of forgiveness, I, I, I chose not to forgive for a long, a long time. And I was that girl who was sick and addicted and broken and clinically depressed and all kinds of things. So really for me, the last, um, 10 years and especially the last, gosh, even I, th- I don't know if I talked about it. I had another level of deeper forgiveness and healing around Christmas time with the person that abused me. And, um, it's been a massive reality check of, of, to forgive really is to take a full account of what happened. You you mm-hmm. have to, all the emotions have to come out, like how you wounded me, what happened, the whole story has to come out. Like Michelle, like you said, it is a process. It takes time as the emotions surface and it's a willingness to, to release our grasp on that person that we're no longer demanding that they pay us back. Because how many of us right now in life are still in a way demanding somebody pay us back for things they can never pay back? They, they can't pay it back. Mm-hmm. And so to be really honest, to go to the foot of the cross and to be very, very honest and very respectful of your story and the person that has wounded you and to, um, to, to ask God for the grace to release our grasp upon that person and to commend them to God and to, uh, you know, ask him for the grace to open our hearts to that. Because it's not saying that what you did didn't matter. Mm-hmm. Actually, it's quite the opposite because that's what Christ does. So Mm-hmm. That's like a fire hose, uh, little dissertation on forgiveness, but Heather, what kind of comes to your mind is, you know, we talk about that. Well, actually I had a couple questions for you just about <laughs> what you said, because I think it's really powerful what you're talking about. Like when you said, you know, all of this stuff has to come out, mm-hmm. but it doesn't necessarily have to come out with the other person because no. these are situations and this is your mm-hmm. situation, sister, is that this isn't a conversation where somebody is saying, will you forgive me even like you're not even there's there's a lot of moments in our life where we're never going to hear those words from someone yeah. yet how do we forgive anyway when we don't get to talk through all of the hurt yeah. we don't get to hear the words will you forgive me or i'm sorry mm-hmm. or anything like that so for you like what have been what has been the path in that when you don't hear those things and you're not able to say it all yes yeah, so oh, that's very true and i mean yeah the actually the person that wounded me the most um is not sorry to this day not sorry mm-hmm. at all. And when that first came to pass about seven years ago, when I realized that they weren't sorry and the fact they blamed me for what happened and it was just an awful situation, I knew I, right then and there I was at a crossroads of I could either go back to my addiction and go back to my dysfunctional behavior or I could choose something different. And I think it's being very, very honest. Of I had a really good counselor. I have really good people in my life that hear my heart, that know me very well. And Honestly, I know they say this a lot, and it really honestly goes back to the question that Jesus asks the paralytic who's by the pool of Bethesda when he says, do you want to be well? Mm -hmm. You know, do you want to be well? 
And to the extent that we want to be well is to the extent that we allow the grace and mercy of Christ to come and heal us because the fruit of my own unforgiveness was was massive dysfunction. It was massive sickness. And I, I just like, I can't live like this anymore. I don't, I don't want to live like this anymore. And the reality is that hurt people hurt people. Mm-hmm. And um, that person did that to me because they're tremendously, tremendously broken. And mm-hmm. um, yeah, I want to be well. I want to be mm-hmm. well in all things. So it's a continual process of when the emotions still come up that I still talk about that with people that you guys know the whole story. The two of you know the whole story and mm-hmm. just the continual journeying of, um, of that process and, and to honor that it's, it's a journey. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. And what I hear you saying there at the end, which I think is really, really important, is that forgiveness isn't a one-time thing. It's not a one Mm -hmm. moment. Like there will be things that resurface over time. Mm -hmm. Maybe it's daily, you know, where we have to, again, say in our heart, I forgive this person like I choose to forgive. Mm -hmm. That's been a lot of my story where I had a lot of traumatic things that happened with someone in my family when I was young. And there's been seasons of, you know, for a while, like just not shutting it down, like not wanting to look at it, um, learning to cope with it. That was, it almost was like, that isn't even part of my story. That's how much I had detached mm-hmm. from it. It, it felt like mm-hmm. somebody else's story. I just wasn't even willing to go there because it happened when I was so young. So over the course of several years, as I was growing up, I didn't even really have the strength to look at it fully. It wasn't until I was into my adulthood that I was able to go, okay, this actually did happen to me. I need to look at it. And Mm -hmm. so that person is still in my life. Obviously they're in my family. We have a good relationship now, but Mm -hmm. there was still times of healing that some I needed to talk to them about and some I didn't. It was just a work within my own heart. Sometimes I needed to take a bit of distance in the relationship because I needed to go back to counseling. I needed to really look at this and have someone guide me through a lot of the pain that occurred, um, so that I could forgive again, you know, forgive again. Mm -hmm. And as things come up and you grieve certain things that were lost through trauma or through hurt, Mm -hmm. we have to forgive again, you know? And I think the biggest thing is that this isn't something we can do on our own. We can't muster up that kind of courage to just forgive someone who is deeply wounded and possibly even wrecked our, our life, like wrecked parts of our life that never should have been wrecked. Um, this is a grace. It is a very specific grace from God that we need to be open to receiving. And I think that's a big part of forgiveness is will Mm -hmm. we open ourselves to the grace of forgiveness? And that's very painful. It's like, will you let the light into the dark place? Because that hurts your eyes when you're, (laughs) when you're in the dark and the light comes on, it, it hurts your eyes. And there's an experience of that spiritually, when we allow the light of God come in, it's uncomfortable because it starts to expose like, you know, really tender places. These are yeah. tender places that are really yeah. important. So anyway, what are your thoughts, Michelle? That is, and I think it's opening yourself up to really yielding to the Holy Spirit because it is in your power, especially mm-hmm. when it is someone close to you and mm-hmm. they've walked in your heart or they're supposed to be another way. You know, I know for me, like it was, you know, a situation with family member too, and I had to come to the realization they were never going to be the person that I wanted them to be oh. or actually needed them to be. Yeah, and, please talk about you that. Know, yeah. mm-hmm. And I mean, my husband looked at me and was like, you are still waiting for that happily ever after. Like mm-hmm. you are still waiting for that person to wake up and realize they are going to become that person that you need them to be. And you're, they're not. Mm-hmm. And you have to be okay with it. And you have to be like, this stinks. But it's a yielding to the Holy Spirit. But it's really interesting. You can forgive. But what does reconciliation look like also? Yeah. 
Mm -hmm. you know, and sometimes you don't get that reconciliation that you would like on this side of heaven. But then Mm -hmm. I think as you grow, when you yield to the Holy Spirit and you start seeing them as people and not just as someone that hurt you and you can realize their story and know a little bit more why they do what they did or have done, you know, Mm -hmm. I think that's where you become like a grace-filled victor, you know, because you're Mm -hmm. full of grace victor instead of like a half-hearted victim, Mm -hmm. you know. Of like, and I was like, Lord, I don't want this to be a victim. I don't want to be a victim. I want to be a victor in this. Amen. And usually, a victor means loving well, um, yeah. and humble love. You know, mm-hmm. giving up your right to be right, yeah. so mm-hmm. the Lord can reconcile and redeem and restore. And when we give up that, like we hold on so tightly that grasp of like, I just want to be right, or I want you to fix it, or I just want it to look this way. And I think when we allow the Holy Spirit to take it out of our hands, say, okay, I'm going to hand this over to you, and I don't know what redemption or restoration look like in this situation, but you do, mm-hmm. you know, so I'm just going to trust in you. And I may not see it on this side of heaven. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm hoping that I will. I'm always like, I want to see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living, not on mm-hmm. the other side of heaven, but mm-hmm. I have to trust that He is good. And I think on a second level is how have I hurt people? Oh my gosh, you know? so true. Yeah. Like for me, taking responsibility is not always, it doesn't come naturally. It's a, mm-hmm. it's a tool and a skill that I'm learning, mm-hmm. you know, but um, one of the things I've started to do, like in my exam and at night, like when have my words, um, the words I've used today, when have they um, healed and when have they wounded? So true. You know, and I just realized, especially with my children, just even saying flippant things, you know, like, uh, like, I'm like, okay, that could be taken. Like, you know, and we don't realize what, like what simple words can really wound and, um, you know, hurt people. And so, mm-hmm. and me taking responsibility and being self-aware of that also. Oh, I was just going to say two, two important things that I think you both are touching on, which I would love for us to talk about a little bit more is, um, the trick I think of the enemy is that when we are in a place of unforgiveness and sister, we're, um, we're feeling like, I, I don't want to let this go because I don't want to let this person off the hook, you know, and Michelle, what you were describing, the grief process that we're in, mm-hmm. like of grieving what was lost. We don't see when we're in those moments that it's hurting us, actually. It's not hurting the other person. Like you said, that quote, sister, but really yeah. we become the one that's in bondage mm-hmm. and we further mm-hmm. hurt ourselves and allow ourselves mm-hmm. to be wounded when we're holding on to all this unforgiveness. I love this quote by Pope mm-hmm. John Paul II, where he says, forgiveness is the restoration of freedom to oneself. It is the key to our prison cell. And and I think, oh yeah, it is the key held in our own hand to our prison cell. And I think that that's something that we have to allow the light of God to illuminate our heart to what the truth is, is that when we forgive, it brings freedom, not just to the other person, but to us. You know, we set ourselves free from all of the resentment and bondage and all of those things. And how has that changed you, sister? Like when you have experienced that type of freedom of forgiveness, like how has it changed you? Oh, it changed my whole life. It changed my whole life. And to be quite honest, it still does. It, it still does. It profoundly changed the, the trajectory of my life. It changed the course of my own heart. It changed how I see people, uh, how I see the person who wounded me the most. Um, just that whole journey has blown my heart open and continues to do so. And it just has forever changed how I see God. Um, you know, there, he's stripped naked. Christ is stripped naked on the cross and his words on the cross are, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. And 
I, I really, you know, appreciate Michelle. You're talking about forgiveness and reconciliation because they're not the same thing. Um, forgive. We can forgive anytime. We can, whether somebody's sorry or not, we can choose to with our will, because forgiveness is an act of the will to release our grasp on that person, you know, and commend them to God and, and take inventory of the whole thing. Reconciliation requires two parts. And actually, it's very interesting that the Latin word the reconcil reconciliation. The Latin meaning of the word is re means again, con means with, and chilia in Latin means eyelash. So the literal translation of reconciliation means to come together eyelash to eyelash again. And that requires both parties to admit, you know, the whole story. And that, that like, like you said, I mean, it's, it's ideal. Reconciliation is ideal. That's why it always takes place with God. Cause God always, always, you know, willing and, and wanting to reconcile with us. It doesn't always happen um, with other people, but forgiveness doesn't mean you stay in abusive relationships. Forgiveness doesn't mean you stay in toxic relationships. Mm -hmm. If mm -hmm. you're still working on forgiveness, because forgiveness isn't just forgiving a blanket thing. It's forgiving each thing. That's why it takes time. So, um, we take journeys with it. And that's another trick of the enemy because as the, the anger comes up again or the sorrow comes up again, the enemy says, see, you haven't even forgiven. And that's not true. Like you have so often say, Heather, it's a different piece of the puzzle. And sometimes the puzzle pieces touch each other, but they're mm -hmm. different pieces of the puzzle. So the continued work is, um, is very, it's very important and it's all necessary and it's all valid. It's all valid. Mm -hmm. So that journey of even, you know, asking God, please help me. We can't do it without his grace. Like Jesus, please help me. Please give me the willingness to be willing. Like for some of us mm -hmm. listening right now, that whole reality seems so daunting that could you just give us right now, Holy Spirit, give us the willingness to be willing, just a small step of opening our own hearts um, to see where the Holy Spirit wants to lead us because the Holy Spirit always leads us to freedom and love, always. You know? mm -hmm. I'm glad that you brought up that forgiveness doesn't mean staying in an abusive relationship or forgiveness mm -hmm. doesn't mean like whatever, like continuing cycles. Mm -hmm. I think that's really, really key. Mm -hmm. It doesn't mean you bail on everything, but I think we have to think, you know, we have to be present to what is going on and not mm -hmm. deceive ourselves yeah. in certain relationships. There's a lot of work to be done. For saying I'm sorry or I forgive you is one piece. Usually there's a lot of other work that has to be done around a damaged relationship. And oh, depending definitely. on what it is, because people are hearing this in their own circumstances and some of them are going to be I mean, very deep, very hard, very um, disruptive in their life. And some of them will be, you know, more minor manageable situations. So I think it's important that we know the work within our own hearts of why did this happen to begin with? So let's say there's infidelity in a marriage. Mm -hmm. Saying I forgive you, that's one piece. <laughs> but mm -hmm. we're going to have to look at some point of like, why did the infidelity happen? What is going on? Like in, in our relationship and in the heart of the person who broke the vow, and are they willing to reconcile that? Are they willing to be, you know, uh, faithful to the vows that they made? There's all of these mm -hmm. types of things. And usually in those parts, it's a combination of our own internal work and, and going to counseling as well. Oh, that definitely. we need somebody else to help lead us through so that we, we often can't see our own dysfunction and what mm -hmm. we get ourselves into. Mm -hmm. So it, it adds another layer of perspective because our relationships should be healthy, you know. Yeah. And I think it's especially hard well, for me, you know, when it involves my children, you know, when they yeah. get hurt, it's like, yeah. I can, oh, I can do my own that. work, yeah. you know, but what about when my kids get hurt? Like that activates a whole different level of fury within my heart. And, um, and the justice piece that you talked about, Michelle, man, do I want to see justice when someone <laughs> has hurt one of my kids, but that's not always possible. 
you know, to happen. So what do I do? What can I do? And I think part of it is working with my child. And I have to be an example of what forgiveness and justice looks like. I have to trust that God is a God of justice, that he will bring justice in his time, in his way. Yeah. I won't always get the answers or the the situation to work out that I want to. Like one of my kids was bullied a ton throughout school. I went to the school. I met with the people. I wanted justice. You know, I wasn't going to see it. It just wasn't going to happen. Nobody was getting on board with me in the way that I wanted them to. So what do we do? You know, do we let it fester or do we learn how to then navigate relationships and let it go? And And there is a lot of that that we have to, it takes time. It takes work. It takes support from other people. It takes reminders. But I think the best gift that we can give to our children is to be a model of forgiveness and healing and to really be as Jesus is. And that doesn't mean, oh, yeah, let's just forgive them and move on. That's not what it looks like. It's acknowledging our pain, you know, listening to the the sorrow and and learning to heal and rebuild again. Mm -hmm. Um, Anyway, yeah, but Michelle, one of the things you talked about, I'd love you to talk about the kid piece because I know you'll have a lot to say about that as well, but also the receiving mercy because I want to talk about that. Like when we receive mercy from God Mm -hmm. and we allow ourselves to experience deeply the mercy of God for the ways that we have failed in our relationship with him, it it makes it easier for us to give it. But go ahead, Michelle. Those are two pieces. (laughs) Well, like we're doing this podcast, but I think we are like preaching to myself because I'm thinking about a situation with a kid that I need to totally walk him through forgiveness. Like I had this punk of a kid. (laughs) You can tell I still need to work through this as we are saying. (laughs) I know when we're mad at like a 10 year old, you know, (laughs) like he's even younger than that, you know, but he said to, you know, there's certain children that you just get very protective over, you know, just because of Mm -hmm. who they are. And like some of mine can totally handle it. The other ones can't. Well, you know, he told my little Haitian dude that Haiti was the poorest country and he couldn't believe that he came from there and said all these other things to my kid. Ugly. And so I'm like, all right, you know, and everything in me and, you know, my little dude is telling me all about this, which I'm glad he just brought it to my attention and he felt like he could tell me. But like, Mm -hmm. this has been a couple of weeks and I'm still angry at this kid. Like, I'm like, you little punk, like, how could you do this to, you know, um, him? And, you know, this little kid doesn't know he's just a little kid, but I'm thinking to myself, I have to walk my little Mm -hmm. dude through forgiveness for this. I have to walk myself. But, Mm -hmm. you know, like I said, the mama bear and he just comes out, but I'm like preaching to myself. So I'm feeling very like convicted. Okay. We need to walk him through forgiveness for this kid. Um, And Mm -hmm. I do too, because it's hurt, you know, but you feel like when it um, hurts them and their identity, like where they're from and they're part of their story, that's where you're just like, oh, come on, you know? Mm -hmm. And it was a good conversation I was able to have with my son because I was saying, I was like, you may not love that this is part of your story coming from this beautiful country, but one day you are going to love it and you're going to see why God, you know, God doesn't make mistakes. And so I was able to speak into it, the situation and end up being a beautiful conversation, but to go back and do forgiveness. And y'all, it's hard to live this way. Mm -hmm. It is not easy. And it's hard to parent this way. Like it is hard to be um, self-knowledge, self-aware. It is hard to bring this stuff to the Lord. It's hard to live this way because it is constantly tending a garden and grabbing weeds and pulling these weeds out and planting new seeds. I mean, like you can tell, like if you haven't paid attention to a garden, weeds pop up like this, you know, like so quickly. And so it is constantly cultivating and it's constantly Mm -hmm. Um, just being aware, like what is going on in your heart, what thoughts you're thinking, you know, mm-hmm. what um, unforgiveness you're harboring. It just takes self-knowledge. And I think the part of mercy, 
when um, a friend of mine has just started to really go through the 12-step program, and so they were, she's been telling us about her meetings, and I just love hearing, like, there is just, like, brutal oh, honesty are. and yep. vulnerability. I'm very honest there. Yeah. You know? Like, she was just telling us a story, and I was thinking about it afterwards. You know, this woman said, yeah, I didn't think I had a problem, even though I was, you know, yeah. shooting up at my niece's birthday party. You know, she's like, but I, but I was like, I love the fact that they just put it out there. You know, like, all yeah. of the people are like, oh, I wouldn't want people to know that. But that they just put it out there, and that they, like, but you know what? I'm going to be honest, and I'm going to be vulnerable about this, and yeah. I'm just going to, I need God, and I need grace today in this moment mm-hmm. to walk. And mm-hmm. I was like, you know, really, we are all recovering from something. We are recovering from the human condition. And sometimes it plays out in addictions mm-hmm. and sometimes it plays, it plays out more internally, not as demonstrative mm-hmm. as like a full-blown addiction. But we all are recovering from something. And when we can just mm-hmm. approach the throne of God and His mercy boldly and say, hey, you know, I have failed. I know, but... Um, I'm coming to forgiveness knowing that you are going to forgive and that you're going to cover this, you know, um, Mm -hmm. with a multitude of sins. You will cover this with your love and your power. And um, I can approach you and don't, I don't have to fear judgment that I can just come back Mm -hmm. home anytime I want into arms of mercy. That's a powerful Mm -hmm. realization when we, when we approach our faith and our life like that. Mm -hmm. And receiving that kind of mercy on a very deep level for ourselves is, uh, it, it helps us to be able to give that to others. Like, I mean, we have to be filled with that kind of love and mercy to be able to, to give it away ourselves. And I think that's, that's really hard. Like it's, yeah. there, a lot of us are pretty shut down in our hearts. You know, there's just all of these emotions running around. God is the God of peace. He's the Prince of peace. He wants to bring peace to our hearts, peace to our relationships. And the reality is we can't see how these acts of like, I forgive you, I release you from this, really are going to do anything. God does amazing things with broken things. It's who he is. And so when we entrust it to him and say, God, this is so messed up what happened, and I have to grieve like all of these things that have been lost, but can you... Can you transform this? Can you make something beautiful out of this, God? Like in a way, I can't see it. I can't even see it, and and maybe I won't see it for a long time. Um, but I think that's the trust that we need to to receive, you know, and ask for. God, can I trust you? Can you help me to trust you with this? And I think one last thing mm-hmm. to put our gaze on the Father you know, and trust in his mercy and trust and not put our gaze on us. One of the things they taught us when we were going through different classes with parenting kids from hard places with the adoption, they said that you need to put, and I told Chris, I need to bring the sign back. You need to put a sign like on your kitchen windowsill or your refrigerator. Do not take it personally. (laughs) And I was like, because you take it, you know, and there's some situations where you do need to take to heart, like we said, and grieve and whatever. But there's other situations where like, okay, if someone hurts you, it really isn't about you. Mm-hmm. You know, it is about the other person, you know, especially if they're dealing with their own trauma and story and that, all right, we're going to take our gaze off this person and lift it to the father. And what is he trying to tell us out of this situation? What is the deeper thing going on? What is the deeper thing in my heart that it's stirring? And what's the deeper thing um, that the Lord's asking us just to approach him and trust his mercy and trust his grace and trust that what he is doing in the situation is bigger than we can see mm-hmm. or even imagine, mm-hmm. you know, in restoration. Yeah. So maybe just as a kind of a closing thought before one thing is we could just all of us kind of turn to the Lord right now and just ask the Lord, Lord, we turn our hearts to you and we bring to you the pain in our hearts. We, we bring to you the person that we need to forgive. Maybe that's the person is ourselves. Maybe just we're angry with you, Lord. And we just ask that you would open our hearts. We pray that you would 
teach us how to love. Teach us how to see that person. Teach us how you love them. Show us how you love us. And we just pray, Lord, right now that you would give us your heart for them, that you would lead us on the path, even if it's just one small step, Lord. We pray that right now for each one of us that you would open the door to our hearts and help us. We desperately need your grace. And we repent, Lord, for all the ways we've judged and criticized other people and held them in contempt. We pray, Lord, that for all of us, you would show us a new way. Show us a new way, the way of your freedom, the way of your love, so that we too can live in the glorious freedom of the children of God. And we just make this prayer through Christ our Lord. Amen. 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 Two quick thoughts. Mm -hmm. The sacrament of reconciliation is powerful. And it, it's a Amen. sacrament of healing. And so I just want to encourage yeah. people who are listening, if you're struggling with unforgiveness, to just keep bringing that to the sacrament of, of reconciliation. It is a sacrament of Amen. healing, and it is a place of mm -hmm. grace. So um, mm -hmm. just continue to go there to get yourself filled up and, and healed. Uh, I think that's a, mm -hmm. that's a good one. And we could have yeah. talked about a hundred more things. This is one very short podcast. So also yeah. look to other resources. There's a great uh, talk series by Christine Kane. I'll try to find the link and I'll put it in the show notes mm -hmm. um, about what freedom looks like and forgiveness. And so continue to seek out resources. This is hard for us too, mm -hmm. to have a half hour conversation about such a huge topic. I feel like we're yeah. popping around, you know, just skimming the surface on things. We could talk about mm -hmm. this for probably a couple mm -hmm. days. So yeah, continue to seek out resources. Yeah. Yeah, I think I just as on the along that same lines, just I think as my one thing for the week, I just want to offer I have a very dear priest friend, his name is Father John Burns, and he's just completing a doctorate in moral theology on the topic of healing through forgiveness, where he ties together Thomas Aquinas and Dr. Enright. So he and I co-taught a talk on forgiveness at the SEEK conference 2018. So I'll just add that as a link uh, in the show notes for my one thing. Um, he gives a great theological summation of forgiveness and what it is and what it's not. And just, we kind of co-taught both sides mm -hmm. of that. So just offer that to our listeners as well as, a, as something for further research and for, you know, a further gift for your heart. So what about you, Michelle? Yeah, and I wanted to put in, there's a powerful story from a coffee company that works in Rwanda, and they tell the story of a woman who this gentle, other gentleman had was part of the soldiers that killed her um, husband and her children, mm. and that he had come to her for forgiveness, and now they work side by side in this coffee field. Wow. And just how Rwanda has mm. taken an approach to what does true reconciliation and forgiveness look like, and what redemption stories, and when you watch it, like you'll just fall apart, like I can't even watch it. And this woman is my hero because I, you think, could I forgive some? You know, like you really ask yourself, like, and how forgiveness can transform lives mm -hmm. is a powerful thing. So, mm -hmm. amen. Amen, amen. What about you, Miss Heather? Well, my one thing is a new resource from Blessed Is She. It's called Rise Up, Shining with Virtue. And it's a little book. It's like a daily devotional kind of thing with, um, it has a reading and it has some questions and it has stuff and it's for young people, like ages nine to 12. And so it's this adorable. is something. It's adorable. It's so cute. It's like. It's so great. <laughs> it's got really great art. Like it's pretty, they do such a good job and it's hard to find good Catholic resources that look beautiful, that look cool. It's not cheesy, mm -hmm. but this is very simple and is to help your children grow in virtue. And I, I love it. I read through it with my daughter, Eva, who is 12, and we both really liked it. And I thought this is a great little thing that you can do with your child or that they can do on their own, you know, at bedtime or something to start cultivating a little bit of a prayer life, but to also get them focused on how do I grow in virtue? So it's very, it's very sweet. I'll post the link for it. And I think a lot of parents are going to love that to have a good resource. Look how cute. 
it is. Oh, that is cute. cute. Look at that. Yeah. I love Blessed Is She. Yeah. They do such great things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. How about you, Michelle? My one thing is actually also our friends at Endow sent me uh, their study on the doctors of the church, and it's mainly St. Hildegard's a preview. Oh, and cool. I love it. I have to give a sh- huge shout out to um, Endow and Kathleen and Mallory and Emily, the, the women that put this together. It is amazing. And it, it works so well and complementary to our series on the doctors of the church, the four I women doctors. That. It, it goes so good. They go more in depth and like what exactly why the church makes someone a doctor. And then they go oh, cool. more in depth into the, they cover a couple of the other doctors um, briefly, but then they really go into Hildegard, which she is like That's the cool. unknown of the other three. And yeah. they, they do such a great job. And I just can't say enough about their resources. They're just a really great way to go deeper into the teachings of the church. And so a huge fan, huge fan of that. Awesome. Oh, that's awesome. Well, God bless you, dear listeners. And we are praying for you as the summer approaches and for your hearts and for just all the areas that God is speaking into your life. We pray for forgiveness and for reconciliation in your relationships. And we just want you to know how deeply you're loved and that you matter. So thank you so much for listening to this week's episode. If you liked it, would you please share it with a friend? You can leave us a rating, leave us a review on iTunes. That helps us get the message out to as many people as possible. If you would like the show notes emailed to you, you can go to ascensionpress.com forward slash abiding together. That's ascensionpress.com forward slash abiding together and enter your email address. Click the subscribe button and the show notes will be on their way to you every week. You can also find the show notes on the Ascension Press website, as well as each episode on the iTunes podcast app. You'll find everything there. You can join our private Facebook group and join our community and just get in on everything that's going on. We love to hear from you. Send us an email. Give us a shout out. We are happy to be on the journey with you. And until next week, we will be abiding together. Thank you so much. 